listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. I'm excited about the word. Uh, We've been talking about uh, discovering the manifold grace of God. And how many of you know the grace of God is like this diamond with so many facets, and you know, uh, I, can, I can believe with all my heart that in this lifetime, we will really never be able to exhaust the magnitude of the grace of God. God is constantly pouring out His grace on all of us. Amen. And what I love about His grace, it, it never runs out. It doesn't get depleted. Whenever you need grace, and we need grace every minute, every second of the day, His grace is always available. He's not withholding His grace. It is being poured out every second for you and I. Amen? Amen. Well, you know, I'm really excited about this word. Uh, Last week, we had just such an amazing time discovering the man of grace, Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that we're not here to talk about a concept or a doctrine or a set of beliefs, but we're here because of a person? We're here because of a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we know that it is him whom we have a relationship with. We do not have a relationship with rules or regulations or the law, but we have a relationship with a real person who loves us beyond measure, and that is Jesus Christ. And last week, and I'll go through very quickly some of the major points of last week's message, and then we're going to dive in deeper. How many of you would like to go deeper? Today, okay? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 in the Message Bible. And as we start, I know the Holy Spirit is here, and I know the Holy Spirit is going to continue to reveal Jesus Christ to us. That is his delight. That is what he loves to do. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Open up our eyes. Um, Open up our hearts uh, to see more of the beauty of Jesus in this place today. Uh, We know and we believe that there is just so much for us to receive. And we declare our hearts are big. Our hearts have the capacity to receive all that has been prepared for us today. And we pray. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Hebrews 1.3 in the Message Bible. It says here, going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. Recently, or in the last days, in another translation, he spoke to us directly through his son. So we all know that God is speaking in these last days through Jesus Christ. And it says, by his son, God created the world in the beginning, and it will all belong to the son at the end. This son perfectly mirrors God. Hallelujah. If you want to know the nature of God, all we need to do is look at Jesus. Because it says the son perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. So we know that because Jesus went around doing good. When he was on the earth, because he was anointed by the Spirit of God, who went everywhere doing good, freeing all that were oppressed by the devil. Amen. So we all know that is also the nature of God. God, uh, in the New Testament right now, under this wonderful covenant of grace, we know that he's not angry with us anymore. He does not have wrath for us anymore. Amen. All he has for us is love and grace and peace, and that is what we receive from him. And it says that Jesus is stamped with God's nature. He holds everything together by what he says, powerful words. And from this verse alone, we can see that Jesus, the person, was God's message to humanity. Jesus is God's message to you and me. And we know that Jesus is the personification of grace. 
Jesus is grace. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. And therefore, we know that grace is the center. Grace is the crux. Grace is the center point of our message. It cannot be anything else. Because if Jesus was God's message manifest on this earth, and Jesus is the personification of grace, then guess what? In these last days, it is grace that is going to be the message that is going to be preached. Grace, only grace, Jesus, and only Jesus. Amen? And when you realize that grace is a person, again, we just want to reiterate that, repeat that again and again. Our Christian life is not about a set of beliefs, doctrines, or rules. Our Christian life is based on a relationship with a person. And if we realize that grace is a person, it is impossible, almost impossible, to abuse grace. Because you cannot abuse a person you really love. You can't. I mean, I, I, I know that Pastor Giselle really, really loves me. Louder, honey. So I know that he really, really loves me. But I do not even think, I do not even have a reasonable deduction that, oh, my husband loves me so much, so I'm just going to go and commit adultery. Anyway, he still loves me. How many of you know that's pretty foolish? You don't think that way just because somebody loves you unconditionally. In fact, the other way around, you want to respond to that love. So if you realize that grace is a person, then it is impossible to abuse grace. People who abuse grace see grace as a doctrine, as a rule that can be broken. But it's different when you see grace as a person. And that is the, 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 the emphasis of what we want, Jesus first. That is the theme of the year, Jesus first. And we want to... We want to tell you, we want it to be so real that you have a relationship with a person. Amen. Hallelujah. Knowing and experiencing a person is easier than knowing and experiencing a concept. I mean, I don't know about you, but algebra is a very abstract concept to me. There might be some people here who love algebra, but for me, it is a doctrine. <laughs> it is a set of rules. It is an abstract concept. And guess what? I, I can know algebra in my head, but I cannot have a relationship with algebra. So we, we don't want Jesus to be just like algebra. I cannot know and experience algebra, duh. Doesn't even have any meaning in my life now. But Jesus does. Knowing and experiencing a person, I can grow with a person. I can be intimate with a person, not with algebra, not with a concept. But you get what I mean, amen? And so in Philippians 4.23 in the Message Bible, Philippians 4.23 in the Message Bible, I love this. It says, receive, I love it, receive and experience the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, deep, deep within yourselves. I told you we're going to go deeper. And what God wants is that we receive first. Do you know that when we receive, we receive, it's so easy to give? People who have a hard time giving, that just means that they don't know how to receive. People who have a hard time receiving have a hard time giving. Because if you're on the receiving end and you're, wow, freely, freely receiving from God, giving just flows. And so here, God is saying receive. He wants you to receive 
And he wants you to experience. What does experience mean? It's, it's knowledge with experience. He wants you to feel it, to touch it, to live in it, to walk in it, to breathe it in. What does he want you to breathe in and experience? The amazing grace of Jesus. That means it's a person. You experience a person. You receive a person. Amen? And then, why does he want you to do that? Because in Ephesians 2, 7, in the Amplified Bible, Ephesians 2, 7, I want you to see the heart of God. It says here, he did this, sent Jesus, a man who was his message to die for us, to pay the price for our sin, to be resurrected so we could have new life. And it says here, he did this that he might clearly what? Demonstrate. This is a year of demonstrations. Demonstrations of the grace of God. And he's here that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages. And I like through the ages because you know what the ages to come mean? It means forever unbroken for all eternity. That means for all eternity, God is going to be pouring out his grace. All your life, he's going to be pouring it out. It says through the ages to come, the aeons to come, the immeasurable the limitless, the surpassing riches of his free grace. Man, I mean, just reading this verse just makes your heart leap. Can you imagine that you have access? You have access to the limitless, to the immeasurable, to the surpassing riches of his free grace. Man, I like access. I like having free access. Can you imagine a vault? <laughs> and you can fill that vault with whatever, money and jewelry and whatever. And can you imagine free access? And, and not just that. You can live there. You can stay there. It's yours. But that's what the Bible is saying. You can have access to this grace that is immeasurable, that is unlimited. Okay, yung mga nadun ng weekend, alam nila yun. Anyway. anyway, it's unlimited. And so what, what is he saying here? He said he will demonstrate it, the riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards. Say towards me. Make it personal. This is towards me. Say, I am the object of his love. I am the focus of his love. I am the focus of his grace. It says here, in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. So God's storehouse of grace is so abundant that he will continue to pour it out upon us through the ages to come. You have access to the grace of God in Jesus Christ. That's why the relationship with Jesus is the crux it is the most important central part of Christianity. Again, not rules, not regulations, not beliefs, not known, but Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And it is towards us. So, now that we have a revelation of grace as a person, that Jesus Christ, the person, is grace, I want us to discover the demonstrations of this relationship in our lives. We want, we want us to see what this relationship does for us, did for us, does for us, and will do for us. How many of you want to see that? 
All right? So we want to see these demonstrations. And, you know, uh, as I go through these demonstrations, I want you to think that you have access to all this every day. Now, now one of them, or two of them, actually, has already been done. Grace has already done it for you. And then the rest is as we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what we're going to experience. But the first thing, talking about the manifold, the many varied grace of God, and I certainly believe that what I'm going to talk about is not everything there is. You know, but there is something from the word that we can see and we can stand on and believe in. So the first thing, what this, this relationship, what did Jesus do for us? He saved us. Grace saved us. And you know what? I do not want to be familiar with that. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Are you saved? Yeah, 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 I'm saved. Do you realize what it means to be saved? Do you realize that we were hopeless, helpless, on our way to hell, with no hope, no destiny, and no future, and somebody saved us? Please do not be familiar with that. Please do not take it for granted. Jesus paid a price for something so beautiful. And that is to save us from death. It says grace saved us. In Ephesians 2.8, it says here, for by grace, by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, not of yourselves. That means you had nothing to do with this plan of salvation. Nothing to do with it. It is the gift of God. Now, I, I know this verse is so... Uh, you know, it's common, you know, we quote this, but let's, let's dive in deeper. It says, for by grace, so it is by grace, you have been saved through faith. Now, faith comes as a response to the grace of God. If, if, you, if you do not have an encounter with grace, there is no way you can have faith. All right? And it says, that not of yourselves. I, I, it is a gift of God. God put Jesus out there in the world. He brought Jesus into the world. And whether you take him or leave him, he is still yours. Jesus didn't say, well, God didn't say, well, I'm just, I'm going to bring Jesus in if everybody accepts him. Or I'm going to bring Jesus into the earth if, 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 if all of you love him, okay? You, you better take care of my boy. No, he didn't do that. He put his son out there. He put his beloved son out there. And guess what? Whether you rejected him or whether you received him, Jesus is yours. He's yours for the taking. His, the giving, God's giving was not determined by humanity's reciprocation. There were no conditions to God, to Jesus coming on the earth. There were no conditions. There were no requirements from us. Salvation had nothing to do with me. It's all God. God did not come because we were good enough to be saved. Duh. That's why it's salvation. We were not good enough. We couldn't help ourselves. We were helpless. We were hopeless. But for God's grace, all his grace, all his love, all his faithfulness, all his mercy. It is all God. His grace saved us. And we, we did nothing to deserve it. But as we had an encounter with grace, our response is to receive that grace and believe that God does not require anything from us except to believe in his love and to receive it. So, that manifestation of grace came to save us. That's what this relationship with Jesus did for us. He saved us. And then, not only does grace save us, not only did Jesus save us, but Jesus justified us. Justified us. Look at Romans 3.24. What does justified mean? He made us righteous. 
How many of you here are the righteousness of God in Christ? When you believe Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior right there, right then, does it matter if you're a one-second Christian or a 100-year Christian? The moment you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you receive the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so his grace, this relationship justified us. Romans 3.24 in the Amplified Bible. It says here, all are justified and made upright and in right standing with God. I like that. Right standing with God. That means maganda yung papel niyo sa Panginoon. That means you can come boldly to the throne of grace because God does not see any sin in you. Why do so many people, why are they so afraid of coming into the presence of God? Because they're sin conscious. They're self-conscious. But God wants us to know, no, you have been justified. You have been made right. You have right standing with me. You can access. Remember access? You have free access to my throne. And he said here, all are justified, made upright and right standing with God freely and gratuitously. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Eh? Gratuitously. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, is it there? There. Freely and graciously. <laughs> All right. By his grace. Gratuitously. Gratuitously. By his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in just in him, in our relationship with him. We have been made upright. We have been put in right standing. We have been justified. It says freely and gratuitously. What does that mean? What does that hard word mean? It means no strings attached. It means without return. That's what it means. Gracious if I graciously give you something, I don't expect anything in return. I'm gracious. There. Without return, no string is, strings attached. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that what? He gave His only begotten Son. That? What? Who? Anybody here a whosoever? Who's part of the whosoever? So guess what? It was Whosoever. So anyone, right? Whoa, background check. Let's see if you're good enough. Not for you. Jesus is not for you. No. He gave Jesus without strings attached. With no guarantees. No background check. Didn't matter. Like I said, you take him, you leave him, he's still yours. Hallelujah. And the heart of God is that, of course the heart of God is, Everybody, receive the love. Receive the love. That is his heart's cry. And so it's available to all. Amen. So grace saved us. Jesus saved us. He's a person. Jesus justified me. Justified us. And you know what? This relationship with Jesus causes you to grow. It causes you to grow. How many of you want to grow? I don't want to be a baby the rest of my life. Amen? I want to grow. Not grow old. No, yeah, but grow in the grace. It says here in 2 Peter 3.18. See, I, 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 like, I like how grace is a person because you can grow with a person. Uh, it's very hard to grow with the law. How can you grow with the law? The law is the law, the law. The law, the law, the law. You can't communicate with the law. The law can't help you, nothing. You can't grow with a person. But I can grow with my husband. 
We can grow with our children. We can grow because there's relationship. In 2 Peter 3.18, in the New King James, it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow. in the. What does that mean? That you grow more and more in the knowledge of him. I've been married. We have been married 17 years. Tanaba. 17 years. Guess what? There's still so many things I'm discovering about this man. Oh my goodness, I didn't know you did that. You know? And but how many of you know God knows you inside and out? I, I don't think God's surprised. When all of a sudden, oh sorry, God, I'm like this. God says, Yeah, I know. I made you. <laughs> but I love you anyway. That's what's so wonderful. And, and, and because we have a relationship with somebody who loves us so much, who knows, will love us unconditionally, who will never hurt us. Can you imagine? I mean, people will hurt us. But in this relationship, God never will. His heart is to bless you. His heart is to pour out on you. Can you imagine growing with a person like that? I mean, I love growing with Giselle, but Giselle's not, lim- not unlimited. <laughs> He's limited. He's not perfect. Amen? I mean, we have our little itsy-bitsy disagreements. You know? And so, uh, you know, there, there's these kinks in a relationship but with Jesus. With Jesus, no matter how imperfect we are, he still loves us. He doesn't turn his back and go, no, you know what? Let's just talk about this tomorrow. Doesn't do that. He doesn't do talk to the hand. That's not in his language. And so it's so wonderful to grow with a person like that. Why? Because you can grow. You know why people grow? Because they're watered. They are watered. And guess what? The word is like water. And whenever we hear the word, we grow, right? You're being watered today. How many of you know you're being I'm being watered today, okay? I'm being watered today. And as you sit there resting, you're growing. You're growing in the knowledge of this wonderful person, Jesus Christ. Growth, growth means there's progress. Do you see progress? Growth means there's a flow. Very hard to have a flow with the law. Hindi naman nagbabago yung 1 to 10 eh. I won't change. With growth, there's increase. How many of you experience increase in the word? Amen. That there are some things you know now you didn't know before. Why? Because God is progressively, progressively revealing his son. Amen? So grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. So grace, this relationship will cause you to grow. What else will this manifold grace of God, this relationship, what will Jesus do for you? Jesus also stabilizes you, causes you to be stable. You know, um, I'm a very, because um, I, I don't know how, maybe, maybe it is for all women or whatever it is. I'm so like, oh, you know, and I'm impulsive sometimes, and I, oh, you know, I'm here and there and everywhere. <laughs> I'm that type of a person. I mean, my son hates it when he's in the center camera. Mom, you keep moving around. Like, you can't keep saying, like, Mom, stop mommy. Because I'm all around, all around. But you know what? You know who balances me? Stabilizes me? This man right here. I mean, I'm all emotional. When I hear something, I'm like, and he's like, okay. 
And then he speaks, and it's wisdom. I go, okay. Okay. Do you know Jesus is like that? Because all of us, even men, (laughs) you can be so, and Jesus goes, shh. God stabilizes. Stabilizes you. Hebrews 13.9. I love Hebrews 13.9. It says, it is good that the heart be established by grace. That your heart is established by grace. Can, can we see that um, in the Amplified? I like the Amplified version. Are you getting anything? Are you, are, you, are you getting deeper into this grace? I love this. Okay, Amplified. It's not, it says here, do not be carried about by different and varied and alien teachings. That's why we're saying grace is a person. The crux of the message is Jesus Christ. Amen? For it is good for the heart to be established and ennobled and strengthened by means of grace, God's favor and spiritual blessing, and not to be devoted to foods. Okay? Rules of diet, ritualistic meals. That doesn't mean you don't eat right, huh? Anyway, no. But what I'm saying is, it's, it's saying, not, don't, your heart is not established because you follow a set of rituals. That's what it's saying, all right? Which bring... No spiritual benefit or profit to those who observe them. Man, you're observing these rules and yung pala, there's no benefit. There's no profit. But what does it say about the grace of God? It establishes you. It stabilizes you. It ennobles you. It strengthens you. Hallelujah. So we, how, how many of you want to be established? That even when circumstances come, even when things come your way, you are established. You know that you know that you know you are the loved of the Lord. You know that you know that you know your future is good. You know that you know that you know that God can never be angry with you anymore because he poured out his wrath on Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago and he only has love and grace and mercy for you. That establishes your heart. That stabilizes your heart. Amen? What else? What else will this relationship with Jesus do for you. Grace, Jesus will also edify you. He will build you up. All right? Acts 20, 32. How many of you here, you need building up? I do. And in Acts 20, 32, it says here, I commend you to God and to the word of his, to the word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up. Why? Because in this world, there will be times when we're going to be down, right? When we fail, when we fall. And you know what? If you do that, please do not feel condemned. So, so many times when, and this has happened to me, like, you know, like you, you kind of all of a sudden have some doubts. How many of you have some doubts sometimes? I mean, doubt tries to creep in. Unbelief tries. Fear tries. Of course it does. I mean, I mean, we're human and it does try to come in. But I remember before when it's like, oh, you're doubting. Oh, you don't have faith. Don't have faith. Start over. Start from the very beginning. What? Oh, all your declaration, you're believing. Because you doubted. Oh, my goodness. When you are down, what you need is to be built up. When a plant is wilting, you don't bring it in darkness. Where do you bring the plant when it's wilting? Out in the sun right? You water it, right? When a plant is down and dying, you don't go, yan, yan, kasi, mm, see, I'll put you in a corner. 
It'll die. But when we're down and we, you know, and sometimes we go through that, his grace, Jesus himself builds us up. The word of his grace saying it's okay. All is not lost. Your call is irrevocable. The love is not lost. God still loves you. God's plan for you is still safe, secure. You can still walk in it. That message, his grace, his love for you is the one that will cause you to be built up so you can stand up and walk again. So that the plant, that flower can bloom again. The only way that flower is going to bloom, you put it under the sun. The only way we're going to get built up is we are put under the son of God. Watered by his word. Amen. So Jesus, when you have a relationship with Jesus, he will never put you down. He will always build you up. He will always give you hope. He will always encourage you. That's our Jesus. This is a person that we have a relationship with. Amen? Hallelujah. What else? What else can this relationship do? This relationship will strengthen you. In 2 Timothy 2.1, 2 Timothy 2.1, it says, Be strong in your strength. Be strong in your wisdom. It says, Be strong where? In the grace. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. When you feel that you are weak, when you feel that things are impossible, when you feel that you don't know what to do, the grace of God is there to strengthen you. And so it, the Bible is just encouraged, be strong in the grace. He didn't say be strong in all these rules. Be strong in this doctrine. Make sure you know this and that. No, he said be strong in Jesus. Because Jesus is grace. Be strong in this person that you have a relationship with. And, you, you know, like with me, and, and, and it's just so amazing to me because really we are married to Jesus. You know that, right? You're married to Jesus. And you can liken it like with, with me and Giselle. I mean, when I'm down and I'm weak, he's my strength. He picks me up. He's, he's constantly encouraging me. And it's like Jesus, you know. That's why I love what, um, what the Bible exhorts men to do. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Yununi, right? So the way this, all, all, everything here, except for the atoning part, of course, your husbands can't atone for you. But except for that atoning part, but everything else, the stabilizing, the establishing, the strengthening, the edifying, guess what? That's what husbands do for their wives. Mas malakas dapat ang men Amen. Man. But we need to realize that in this wonderful relationship with Jesus, that's what we have. We have this, edif- we are being edified, we are being strengthened, we are being stabilized. Amen? So be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, look at this. Another thing about this manifold grace of God is that this relationship causes us to produce fruit. When we have a relationship with Jesus, we cannot be barren. Barrenness is not in our relationship with Jesus. Because when we abide with him, guess what? When we abide in him, fruit. There's fruit. How many of you want fruit in your lives? Of course, I want people to see manifestation of the grace and goodness of God. But it can only come in this relationship with grace himself, Jesus Christ. Look at Colossians 1.6 in the Amplified. Colossians 1.6 in the Amplified Bible. Are you still okay? 
Are you falling more and more in love with Jesus? Amen. It says, uh, which has come to you indeed in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power, even as it has done among yourselves ever since the day you first heard and came to know and understand the grace of God in truth. Grace and truth, that's Jesus Christ. So what is that, this verse saying? You came to know the grace or undeserved favor of God in reality. How many of you want this to be real? Not just a message. In reality, deeply, clearly, and thoroughly becoming accurately and intimately acquainted with it. That means when we are deeply acquainted with Jesus... When we are thoroughly, uh, when it says here, we are clearly and thoroughly becoming accurately and intimately acquainted with grace, with Jesus. That means we bear fruit. And guess what? Fruit will not come out of your striving. Because you do not see an apple tree go. Okay. Next. Next fruit. That's two. How many apples are you supposed to produce? But the apple tree does not, it does not try to produce fruit. The branch does not try to produce fruit on its own. It abides in the vine. So if we want to produce fruit in our lives, we are to abide with grace. We are to abide with Jesus because it says here, bearing fruit and you're still growing. Not just bearing fruit, bearing fruit, but you're still growing. That means you're flourishing. So this relationship with grace, this relationship with the person, Jesus Christ, will cause you to bear fruit. And I'm telling you, when people see you bearing fruit, when people see you bearing fruit, you have become now a living epistle, just like Jesus. You have now become God's message to humanity. Remember, your life right now is not your life. It is the life of Jesus on the inside of you. That's our life. And if his life is going to be manifested, guess what? If Jesus walked the earth, revealing the nature of God, if Jesus walked the earth, manifesting the power of God, if you have the same life on the inside of you, guess what? We are to be living epistles of the love and grace of God. That when you walk, oh my goodness, sometimes you might be the only Jesus that some people will see. Because they see your life. Because they see fruit. Because they see you manifesting this life on this earth. As Jesus was God's message to humanity, you now reflect Jesus. You now reflect him. And guess what? A mirror does not have any problem reflecting what it sees. A mirror, if it's face-to-face with anything, will just reflect what it's face-to-face with. And if we are face-to-face with the beauty of Jesus, your life cannot help but reflect him to the world. Amen? Among you are blessed by this. I am. Uh, I remember um, the first time God told us to pastor this church, God gave me a vision, and this vision was the tree. And I keep on, you know, reminding everybody of this vision because this is what's happening to this church right now. And the tree that we saw was a withered tree. And funny, because that tree was close to the river. 
All right? And then God said, God, I told, in a way, I said, God, you're giving me a church that is withered. He said, no, take care of the root, and I will take care of the fruit. And now I'm beginning to understand more and more when we got the revelation of grace six years ago that what is, you know, the key to everything. And then God has revealed to us Jesus Christ and Him grace. And so as we take care of the root, you know, as we just plug into the, to the river, who is the river, the water is Jesus, the tree of life, the river of life, you know, the fruit is just going to manifest. And that's my prayer. It's happening in us, you know, in terms of uh, number. But I pray, and more so, I'm praying for all of us in our lives that we're going to see fruit as we plug into the root, as we plug into the water, the living water. And who's that water? Who's that? Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why it's so good that we have this opportunity to, to discover grace and to, to know more about, you know, the message of grace, the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm blessed. I just want to just share that. Amen? Because I believe we're in the right track. Amen. Amen. Can you still take some more? Okay. I'm just going to go very quickly into, the, into what I have right now. And, uh, and, but, we're, you know, in the next few weeks, guess what? We're still going to go deeper. All right? So one of the things that grace, this relationship, also does for us is that it empowers us. It empowers us. Why? Because if we are going to do the things of God, we cannot do it in and of our own strength. It is impossible to live the Christian life in and of our own strength. It takes the life of Christ on the inside of us. And in 1 Corinthians 15.10, it says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And so I'm here telling you today, encouraging you, whatever it is that God has called you to do, whether it is to raise your family, raise children, I mean, everything that God tells you to do is great. It's wonderful. It's from the heart of God. But we cannot think that we can do it in and of our own strength. The Apostle Paul, oh my goodness, I mean, he, he, his ministry was amazing. It, it was tremendous. His reach was amazing and tremendous, writing three-fourths of the New Testament and, 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 you know, and, and all the legacy that he has left into the churches. But you know what he says? He says, oh, yes, I labored more abundantly. How many of you know grace does not make you lazy? He said, I labored more abundantly than all of them. I worked. But you know what? My working was not in my own strength. It says, but the grace of God which was with me. And so you know what? For our workers... Our team, our worship team, our ushers, or everybody working here, guess what? Not us. It's not us. But it is the grace of God working in us and through us. I cannot be standing here, oh my goodness, in and of my own strength. I cannot. I mean, if I think about my past and what I've done, there's no way I can be standing here if not for the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. And also grace will sustain you. Grace will sustain you in times where we're walking through, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess what? We walk through it. We won't stay there. But as we walk through those times, those trials, those challenges, how many of you know that there are going to be those in this world? We are in the world. And we're going to go through, you know, times when there are challenges and, you know, but guess what? His grace sustains you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you. 
And that word sufficient, okay, this is not a sufficient like, oh, I'm going through this time. Oh, yes, but His grace is there. Sufficient. That's not what it means. Grace is not there, so you accept the situation. That word sufficient there, you know what that means? That means it's a, it's a defense. It is a barrier, a protective barrier. So when the Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you, in a time of trouble, what it says is, my grace is a defense for you. It is a defense. It protects you. It is a barrier against what's coming at you. His grace is a defense against circumstances that try to bring you down. So don't mistake this verse for, oh, yes, it's okay. I'm going through this. His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. No. When you're going through a time when you know that it's not the will of God for you to be in lack, it's not the will of God for you to be in sickness and disease, then he says his grace is a barrier. It is a defense against those things. Amen. And it sustains you because you know that you know that you know you are walking through and you're coming out victorious. Amen. And the last thing about this grace, and I'm sure there's more, but, you know, for lack of time, grace trains us. Grace teaches us and grace trains us. In Titus 2, 11 to 12 in the Amplified Bible. For the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, appeared for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. Then it says, this grace, it has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion, worldly passionate desires, to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. Amen. Isn't that what it means? So grace is not, oh, you sinned, you missed the mark. It's okay. It's okay. And you pass by the sin and there's no discipline. If you know discipline is good. Remember last week? The grace of God includes correction. Why? Because that's a demonstration of love. Two demonstrations of love clearly spelled out in his word. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's a demonstration of his love. But another demonstration for whom the Lord loves, he he corrects, he disciplines. And that's what grace does. Why? Because the correction brings you back into grace. The correction brings you back into that path which he wants you to walk in. And so grace will train us to live lives, you know, not in and of our own strength. I'm telling you, the more you come face to face with Jesus, the more you fall in love with Jesus, you will fall out of love with sin. You know, I said something, oh, how can I get this thing off my mind? It's occupying my mind. Occupy it with something else. Because if you occupy it with something else, that thing that was occupying it has to take a back seat, has to leave. If you have a glass of dirty water, I'm going to get it out. Put it under clean running water. Right? And let it run and run. And I'm telling you, that dirt has no choice but to leave that glass. Washed by the power of that water. I'm telling you, the word is water. Jesus is living water. And so grace will train us. Amen? Wow. Are you falling more and more in love with Jesus? Jesus will train you. He'll instruct you. He'll correct you, but he'll correct you in love. It's all right. Amen. This relationship 
will cause us to walk our life here on earth victoriously with manifestations, demonstrations of signs and wonders. Amen. And so I would leave you with this last verse, and then we'll continue on next week. In Galatians 6.18, in the Message Bible, Galatians 6.18, it says here in Galatians Message Bible, May what our Master Jesus Christ gives freely be deeply and personally yours, my friends. Oh, yes. And what does he give freely and deeply? His grace. And so in Jesus' name, I pray that as we continue to grow deeper into the manifold grace of God, that we would realize that we have free access into everything that we need. And it is found in a wonderful, beautiful person, Jesus Christ. And as we enjoy this relationship with him, as we are face to face with his beauty from the word and the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would walk in all these many facets of the grace of God, his strength, his sustaining grace, his ability his love, everything that is available for us, his strength, wow, bearing fruit, causing our lives to be fruitful, that we would all walk in it, that this would be our reality as we continue to focus on the person, Jesus Christ. I pray that we would be overwhelmed and consumed and overcome with Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen and amen. Let's give God the glory today. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to miss this opportunity and give people an opportunity to respond to a person, Jesus Christ. If you haven't done so, maybe it's your first time here or maybe it's not, but you have not made the decision to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this person into your heart, this is your opportunity, this is your time to do so. There is an invitation here. Jesus is inviting you to be with him. There is no invitation to a religion. It is not an invitation to join this church, but Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him. And if there's anybody here who would like to say yes, yes, Jesus, I would love that relationship with you. I would love to have that relationship with you. Say this prayer after me and, uh, You know, I really believe this is going to change your life. So congregation, let's pray this prayer with those who are going to pray it for the first time. Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, your faithfulness. Today, I receive it all. Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Today, from this day, I declare I am now yours and you are mine. Jesus, thank you for loving me this much. I'm excited to walk in everything that you have prepared for me. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.